Hello, hello, hello. It is Chowderhead Sports here coming to you live from the greatest sports city in the world. That is Boston. Yes, we've got the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bruins, and the Celtics. So hard to hard to make an argument that the Boston isn't the best sports team in the world, but we'll talk about that on another day. We've got too much to talk about today. We've got we've got Bruins, Celtics, Patriots playoffs, NFL playoffs in general. Um not like I said, Red Sox, man. You guys aren't in the news, and I feel bad because I'm a baseball kid at heart. I love the I love the Sox, but there's just not enough going around right now to really talk and get excited about them. So that'll have to wait for a few weeks to come. But to get started off, we can start with the Boston Bruins. They played a couple times. Uh, they played on Monday against the. New York Islanders and got destroyed. I mean, it was you gotta you had to shut this thing off by like the third period. It was brutal. I mean, it was four to four to nothing at home. Martin Luther King Day. Not that that really affected the game, but um, you know, it's got to defend home ice. And then so that, you know, tragic loss. You just get obliterated, and they go on the road against Detroit, and it's a shootout. They lose six to five. So. They're on a little bit of a losing streak. Um, you know, I hate losing in shootouts. It was a high, you know, it was a high-scoring game, and you know, you like to see that the Patriots. I mean, that the Patriots. You like to see that the Bruins can put up five goals, but Rask led in six. And it's, well, you know, he led in five too. So, and then obviously the shootout didn't go their way. So, um, you know, a pretty good game from from the offense of the Bruins, but just couldn't get it together defensively. Bergeron had. Uh, a goal and a pair of assists. Uh, he always plays well. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't understand uh, how this team, you know, is, is, is expected to go far in the playoffs when you can't, you know, you can't win games you should. You got to beat the Islanders at home and instead you get, you know, railroaded. And, and now we got to play Chicago at home tonight, seven o'clock. Should be a good game. Do I have faith in the, in the Bruins to beat, uh, you know, the number one team in the, in the, uh, in the other conference, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think we're gonna win this game. And then we play Pittsburgh on Sunday. The you know, returning are the uh, the uh, former champions of the league in their house. Don't think we're gonna win that game. And then we play Detroit, and you just lost to Detroit. And then you play Pittsburgh again, and then you play Tampa. All teams in the playoffs. It's just, I just don't understand how this team is expected to win in the playoffs when they can't win big games. Prove me wrong, Bruins. I say it every time. I give you a list of the games to come, and every time I'm saying you're not being Chicago, you're not being Pittsburgh, you're not being Tampa. It's just rough slate of games, and they just they're off to a bad start already, and that's very uh, discouraging when you try to you know get some mojo going against some good teams. You want to roll, and they're not doing that right now. They're not rolling. They're taking steps backwards, not forwards. You know, what I mean, out of um, you know games you think they should win. They haven't been performing well, so you know we'll see with uh, with what the future holds. You know, there's this is still you know a chance to make a statement. You've dropped the first two games on a what you could consider an important stretch, but there's you know you still got a lot of good teams to play, and you really get to see how well you match up against them. So hopefully, um, you know the Bruins can can get something going. But, you know, the month of January has not been kind to the Bruins. They've only won three games in the month of January um, and lost, like, six. So, 
you know, they're they're not doing very well and let's just put this month behind us and move on to February because we're very I don't know, not not rolling into the new year the way you'd hope. So, you know, enough getting depressed about the Bruins. Let's move on to the Celtics and oh wait, we get depressed because the Celtics got crushed by the New York Knicks. The score wasn't the score was 117 to 106. We didn't get crushed on the scoreboard, but we didn't play very well. Um, you know, they were they were easily they were in command the whole time the Knicks were. So, you know, the Celtics didn't really um, you know, come out and play well. They did beat Charlotte at home. It was 109 to 9 uh, 108 to 98. So, you know, that was a good healthy healthy lead that they were able to hold on to on Monday, but dropped the ball again at home against the Knicks and they played tomorrow uh 5 o'clock against Portland that's at home um you know so it's just this team isn't getting wins against its own conference let alone you know playoff caliber teams the Knicks aren't a playoff team and you get you know you can't beat you can't beat them um you know it's just disappointing so you know they've got they've got some easy competition I guess you could say Portland is always pleasing you well but then Washington and you know Orlando um, you know, those are teams that are coming up that aren't really great. Um, so you'd like to think that they would be able to play well. We'll see. Got a got a you know tough few days ahead of us as far as just scheduling. I mean, you're at home against Portland uh, Saturday, then Tuesday you're in Washington, Wednesday you're back home, and you're home from Wednesday and Friday, and then Saturday you have to go back out on the road against Milwaukee. So you know, just a lot of travel, weird scheduling things coming up this week. So hopefully that you know, doesn't doesn't cost this team anything. Isaiah Thomas played well against the Knicks, though. He had 39 points. Hal Horford led the game with 10 rebounds. Um, so, you know, it's it's disappointing when the when the team can't seem to win big games. Not really big games. Easy games. Easy games. I'm going to call it beating the Knicks. Not that hard to do. You did it on Christmas in their house. I mean, I don't know. So this is something that I'm starting a trend to see right almost lose to Atlanta I know Isaiah Thomas hits a clutch shot say the bounce doesn't go your way you might lose that game you know for most of the Philadelphia game you know you weren't playing very well um you know this this just you know some concerns with this team and the uh you know to I guess on a lighter note um Isaiah Thomas was elected to the all-star game that's no surprise however he was not elected to start in the All-Star game, which is a little disappointing if you're a Celtics fan, as you most likely are because you're listening to this. You're a little disappointed. You want to see, you know, the little guy get out there on the big stage. He was like the last pick in the NBA draft. You know, he played for the, uh, he played for the Kings. Like, that's just where careers go to die. So, you know, he's had so much problems in his life, in his NBA life at least, and, and he's been able to, you know, re resurge as a dominant point guard. And right now, I think he's playing better basketball you know, than Kyrie Irving, and I and he's not thinking he's a better player. No, not at all. He's not a better player than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, you know, hits game winners in championship moments, and that's something that Isaiah Thomas hasn't yet done. So, you know, no way am I going to say that he's a better player, but this season, his numbers dictate that he should start over him. And DeMar DeRozan is the final guard to start in the game, uh, and DeMar DeRozan has been having a less than perfect year. I just think Isaiah Thomas has the, I don't know, like the the edge over them. You know, maybe it's his story. Like I said, last pick in the draft and all that, you know. Um, so it, it could be an edge to that. It also could be the fact that, you know, 
the like the uh, Cavaliers get so much attention all the time. You know, every time they play, it's it's a prime time game, and they got LeBron, and they've got a good team there. And it's like, do they really need more? I mean, the Celtics, and especially Isaiah Thomas, like we're very forgotten about. You know what I mean? They were, you know, they were kind of after the Paul Pierce and you know Garnett and Ray Allen days for a while. We were very you know dismissed and rightfully so. They were garbage, but even now we're on the rise. And it's just, I don't know, Isaiah Thomas, I don't feel like he's getting the credit he deserves. He's leading the team in points, like, every single game, you know. he He's been hitting game winners. He's been exploding for 50 points and then went off for, like, 15 assists, you know, at the back-to-back games. Like, he's just he's just killing it right now. And and that's something that I think he deserves to be recognized for. So the All-Star appearance is nice. I think the All-Star start would be a little bit better. But, you know, he doesn't get as much publicity as the other care as the other, um, you know, other players do. He doesn't have a like a lot of character to him. I, I think he's he's not that outgoing. Um, you know, he just he just balls. That's what he does. He just you know shows up for his work, plays a great game, and goes home. And he's not super flashy like Westbrook or or uh, Kyrie or anything like that. He's very modest, and you know, there's some respect there. But that's gonna hurt you. You know, when it comes to things like fans voting uh, you in for All Star games and stuff like that, that's where you're gonna pay the price for being a very fundamental guy. Look at you know, um, over the last few years, if you look at who, you know who you consider some of the best players, like Tim Duncan was a very dominant player in his career, but was not a very flashy person. You know, everyone remembers Kobe Bryant for being you know one of the best. He'd always drop mad points and you know won five rings and whatnot. But you you also got to look at like you know Tim Duncan in the same era dominated just as much, and he's not nearly you know, in the conversation with Michael Jordan as much as Kobe Bryant is yet, you know, he's got more MVPs, more finals MVPs, um, you know, than Kobe Bryant does, but it's just different players, you know, not flashy enough. So maybe Isaiah Thomas got to get flashy if you want to start in these All-Star games and get more recognition. But, you know, that that's pretty much it. I don't really care about the All-Star game. It's not like in baseball where it matters all that much. Um, you know, it's definitely a step up from the Pro Bowl, but... You know, that's something that, uh, you know, it's it's really kind of irrelevant. I think they need to do something. Baseball has it right. You know, whoever wins the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the in the World Series, and that makes people tune into it. It's funner. They got the home run derby, and the three-point contest and dunk contest is good and stuff. So, you know, the NBA is right there, but they there's no high stakes for playing the game. And for the NBA, when, you know, I, you get why football and hockey, you know, their All-Star games aren't as you know, intense because you don't want someone to get hurt. You don't want a career to be ended in an all-star game, you know. You know, there's no big hits or something like that, unless you're Sean Taylor and you just absolutely deck a guy in the, you know, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. But even still, I think basketball, since it's not a dangerous sport in the sense of contact, there's no real career is going to be ended because you're just playing an extra game. Um, You know, I really think that they should make it a higher stakes game. But, you know, a lot of people aren't going to buy into that. And, you know, that's... Uh, shame on the league, but I think they should they should do that. Anyways, um, you know enough talk about that. Let's move on to what's probably going to be the most exciting part of everyone's weekends: the NFL playoffs. So, obviously, the very the very uh, you know quintessential part of my weekend will be the Patriots Steelers AFC Championship game. Kickoff is at six forty. Uh, I'm attending the game. So I will do a uh, try to get out a podcast live from the stadium, you know, before the game kicks off. 
so that should be exciting. I'm excited to go. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, but, you know, Pats are favorite. I, last I heard it was five and a half, now maybe six point favorites to win. Um, you know, that seems about right. I, to dissect this game from a, I'm going to try to do this from a non-biased standpoint. Uh, I know the Patriots are my favorite team, and I know I love them, but, you know, be a little professional about it. I'm going to remove my hatred of the Steelers and my admiration for the Patriots and just look at this from a completely unbiased view. The New England Patriots should win this football game. Straight up. And that's not a fan. That's serious talk. If you look at the uh, you know last few games, Tom Brady did not play very well against the Houston Texans, you know. And and what do you give credit that to? Tom Brady not being good, Tom Brady not preparing well, or the defense of the Texans able to throw off Brady by their pressure and you know Blunt's you know ability to not really play. They were able to buy more into the pass and they were able to coverage it better. I'm going with the with the last one. I'm, I think that Brady just got you know pampered by good defenses, which always happens to him. Look at the games he's lost to the Ravens, to this uh you know to the Broncos last year. It's good defenses to the Chiefs in 2014 when we got killed on Monday Night Football. You know it's good defenses beat Tom Brady. I don't really think Pittsburgh's defense is all that scary. Definitely not on the same level as the Texans, Seattle, even uh, earlier this year. And, you know, teams like that, they don't have the same caliber defense. You know, it's, it's, they're very, you know, um, just, you know, under, I don't know, not undercoached, but they're just not very disciplined with their defense, especially once you get into the secondary. You know, it's very easy to pick apart. I know they invented the zone blitz. That's cool. Brady can pick it apart all day. Uh, so unless you get pressure, unless Harrison and Dupree are able to get in on Brady, you know, it's going to be a long night for that secondary. Um, so I, I, I just think that, you know, there's the edge is, is that. On the flip side of the ball, you know, you look at the other side and you're like, okay, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, that is a, that's scary. You know, and I respect that. They have a, they have a lot of, um, a lot of great, great um, players on offense. But the Patriots can just game plan for good offenses. They can. They do. They will. They have. They uh, put in any word there. You know, it's it's what is so, it's the fundamental reason for why the Patriots are so successful. They're able to prepare. You know, and, and Le'Veon Bell has got to be the focus. Antonio Brown, great player. He doesn't scare me that much. You know, I, I'm not undermining him. I try to get him on my fantasy team every year. Try to get him, you know, uh, on my Madden team. Like, I love him. I love Antonio Brown. He's got a great story. Pick 195. We all know Brady was 199, so he knows the struggle of being a sixth-round pick. Just a lot of respect for him. Maybe not the whole Facebook Live thing. That was stupid. But a lot of respect for his play on the field. And I think he can be shut down. You, you see the Patriots can just completely remove wide receivers put Malcolm Butler on him get some safety coverage he's done he's out of the game you know what I mean and and I'm sure he'll you know maybe on the deep ball if he can cut across the middle it's kind of hard but even still I think Antonio Brown's not the 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 factor that everyone think he's going to be I think it's more Le'Veon Bell and it's and it's just his running style you know what I mean he's able to sit in the backfield and just wait for the opening to appear and then he hits the hole and you know, that's something that, you know, you can't really 
simulate and practice. I heard someone uh, uh, say that, and that's so true. It's hard to get a guy simulate that in practice. Now, here's something that I think a lot of people are, you know, overlooking is that Le'Veon Bell played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, yeah, obviously Le'Veon Bell did. LeGarrette Blunt played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was part of that running back core. And, you know, he might have seen in the locker room, you know, just by talking to him, you know, in practices, he might have seen where the weakness can come from against Le'Veon Bell's style. And, and I think when he came back to New England, more last year than the year, you know, the very first year he came back when we won the Super Bowl, but... He, he tried to almost simulate that kind of, you know, running style where he'd kind of wait a little bit and then try to punch the hole, and that's not who he is. He's a big boy, 200-and-something pounds, turn around and just run straight forward, north to south, you know, bulldoze people over. That's what you want out of LeGarrette Blunt. But he he has this, you know, he had a tendency to try to mimic what, um, you know, we saw Le'Veon Bell do for, you know, so long is that patience kind of defense I mean that patient kind of running that messes with defenses and hopefully you know Garrett Blunt saw something when he was with Pittsburgh and told the defense hey this is how you should play it or this is why it didn't work for me you know this wouldn't happen enough you know oh you know when I tried to do it last year I realized that anytime you know the you know right end you know would you know pause and wait you know not just rush on the snap and he'd kind of wait with me then I'd I don't know what it is I don't know what it is but something like that, where he says, this is what I saw not work, or this is what hasn't worked for me when I tried it, then maybe the, the defense has a little bit of an edge. But if Laguerre, I mean, if Le'Veon Bell is able to gash you for 160, 170 yards, um, you know, there's, there's definitely uh, a, a realistic opportunity that you lose this football game. And here's the thing. If there's one coach on the face of the planet, one football coach on the face of the planet, that I think can come up with a way to stop the you know illustrious running style of Le'Veon Bell, then it, it it has to be Bill Belichick. You know the greatest preparation coach ever. You know you know put any uh you know superlative you want there. I think there's never been a coach more um you know dedicated to really stopping and taking out a team's best player than Bill Belichick and. Um, you know, if, if it's going to be stopped, it's going to happen this weekend. And that's not saying it will. I'm not saying, you know, oh, it's a lock because Bill Belichick prepares so well, he's going to be stopped. No, that, that, no, I just think he has a game plan. And if that game plan works, then you'll see it applied elsewhere and teams will, you know, eventually be able to figure out how to stop this thing. But if it doesn't, if, if he gashes the Patriots and runs all over us, then you're going to see a lot of running backs you know, look at Le'Veon Bell's style and say, that's the new era of running back. That's how the running back position comes back. You know, no more can we just pound ahead linebackers, you know, too fast, too strong. You know, no more can we bounce it outside. You know, cornerbacks are able to, you know, get off blocks and tackle us better. But if you're able to sit back and wait for the play to happen before, you know, you make your move, then that's something that, and, and there's no stop to it. Bill Belichick can't figure it out. You know, uh, Pete Carroll can't figure it out. All these people can't figure it out then there's really a cause for concern there uh, for defenses in the future because it's going to be added to the game. Um, you know, whether it's rookies coming in, mimicking it. Yes, they are seeing it in college. I'm surprised it hasn't been, you know, mimicked more um, because so far it's been very effective. And if it's effective this weekend, uh, you know, any any college kids listening to me, try to 
try to play like Le'Veon Bell if it works this weekend because if you can beat the Patriots with it, you can beat anybody with it. Um, but you know that that's that's pretty much you know the game. It's it's okay. Patriots got the advantage on offense. You gotta like your matchup. You know, hopefully you're hopefully your receiving core is healthy. Hogan had a thigh injury. Mitchell with a knee injury. Hopefully everyone can come back. Hopefully you can get Bennett cooking a little more. He only had like a catch, um, one catch last week. You know, Edelman, keep him fresh, keep him good. Amendola, get him back in there. Uh, you know, the running back tandem with Lewis, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and James White. If you got everyone moving around, you've got Tom Brady who can just destroy that defense. There's your, you know, your, you got to like your offensive matchup. It's the defense, you know, and, and the game is going to be won. When the Patriots defense and the Pittsburgh Steelers is out there on the offense, is out there um, playing because that's that's big. You know, that's when the real matchup is interesting because you know that Brady is going to be able to move the ball, and you know that you know the Steelers might make a stop or two, but it's really okay. Is Antonio Brown, is Le'Veon Bell, are they able to uh, carry this team? Because uh, this isn't the steel curtain kind of defense we're used to. It's it's the opposite. You know, it's the. Uh, you know, it's the very flimsy, plastic, see-through, you know, very vanilla defense. Um, you know, it's, so I'm not really scared of that curtain. You know, that's the curtain. It's very, very, uh, you know, stringy and weak. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now. Um, that's a good analogy. Hope you guys got that mental image. Um, so, yeah, moving on to the other game. Like I said, Patriots win. Um, uh, you know, a score prediction, I don't know, maybe a touchdown, maybe 10. I think if it gets away from the Steelers too early, it can get pretty ugly. Um, if they play too much on emotion, it can get it can get pretty ugly. I think the Patriots need to keep the discipline. Um, so yeah, Patriots call it no more than ten. Uh, moving on to the Packers and Falcons game that is happening at 3:05 on Sunday, and the Falcons are favored by five and a half points. So it's right around what the Patriots were. And oh man, you know this is this is gonna be a classic game just because you know there's there's two high-powered offenses, you know, uh, two quarterbacks that you know this year have had MVP caliber seasons, um, you know, going in and and I'm gonna you know not take the underdog here. I'm going with the with the Falcons. Um, uh, as much as I would love to see, you know, maybe an Aaron, either one, you know, whoever wins the AFC Championship game, seeing them play the Packers would be cool. Whether it's Brady versus Rodgers or a rematch, you know, of the Steelers versus the Green Bay Packers from like a couple years ago. Either way, who wins, that'd be cool, but it's not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers isn't making the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers isn't winning this football game, and here's why. I watched as the defense of the Falcons were able to control and dominate the game dominate the game against the the Seahawks who I picked to win I doubted the Falcons and I'm not going to doubt them any longer you know I really was impressed I I saw them play at home and protect home field and and show that they've got some experience and that they got some belief in themselves and when a team gets like that you know when you're an underdog in your own stadium you know that's going to motivate you and I think right now a lot of people are picking Green Bay you know, they might say the Falcons at home, whatever. And and when you're an underdog at home and people just basically straight up disrespect you like that, you know, that's got to hurt, you know. So I think this defense, if they can play like they did last week, then they've got the edge because the Falcons offense is going to shred the defense of of uh, the Packers. There's there's no 
you know, uh, you know, there's no denying that the Packers off, uh, defense is the weak link for the Packers. You know, they're just not good. They're not that, you know, beast of a defense we saw, you know, when they made their Super Bowl run a couple years ago. They're very, very different team. And they rely too much on Aaron Rodgers. And if Jordy Nelson can't go and, um, you know, a lot of people got banged up in the game last week. I know Ty Montgomery was hurt a little bit. Their running back wide receiver, you know, kind of stud that they have. So, you know, what whatever happens injury-wise, you know, I, I still think without Jordan Nelson, the it's really it makes it even harder for you to go into Atlanta and get the win. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Packers are impressive. Aaron Rodgers, not the greatest quarterback of all time, the most exciting quarterback, you know, definitely – Right now, I don't. I can't speak. You know, I wasn't alive when Montana played and whatnot, so I don't know. Um, you know how he compares against them, but I will say right now, oh yeah, he's fun to watch. That drive against Dallas where he just threw it to Cook. Oh man, that was beautiful. Um, you know, throw was kind of wobbly, but it got there, and he made a good play. And you know, every time he has the ball, he he's gonna do something with it. So it's very exciting to watch him play. And I think even Tom Brady said that he would, you know, stay awake just to watch. Aaron Rodgers uh play so that that's something to uh to not undermine the the greatness of Aaron Rodgers but something about this game people are way too confident Rodgers you know they're comparing him to Michael Jordan you know they're anointing him you know far too quickly he's had you know a good career uh only got one Lombardi trophy and he's not even gonna see the show again you know not this year you're not making it I'm sorry I'm going with the Falcons I'm, I've doubted that team far too long um so, you know, although I have dealt with the Packers every week, right? I think I've picked against them. So who knows? Um, and the final thing that I want to talk about, and it has to do with the Falcons game, and not really, though, it's Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, is not attending the Patriots game. He is rather, he is going to the Atlanta, uh, uh, the Atlanta uh, Green Bay game. And he's going to Atlanta for the second time in, in you know, consecutive weeks. So I don't know what this says about him as a person. He looks like a coward. Um, but there's one thing that stands out to me more than, you know, you know, people saying, oh, he's a coward. Oh, he can't show his face in New England. Him and Kraft aren't friends anymore. You know, all that stuff, true, maybe not. I don't know. But I'm going to say this. It shows that Patriots Nation got into his head. You know, for all the people, you know, that bashed him, whether you're even a Pats fan or not, you know, you don't have to be a Pats fan. I, I, you know, only Pats fans would probably be at the stadium, so that might not be why he goes. But I think all of the criticism really got to him because for you to not go to a stadium, to, to clearly avoid a stadium and a team that, you know, your league, the league that you run should should glorify this team because of the success that they've had. But you don't, and whatever, for whatever reason that is, I don't know. So for them to, for this man, Roger Goodell, to just ignore the Patriots, ignore their stadium and their success pretty much, you know, it just shows that whatever happened during Gate got to him. You know, people calling him a clown, a joke, a fraud, you know. You know, it's it scared him. Maybe it shows that he definitely is gutless and pretty weak. Um, and it shows that he's intimidated by a fan base. You know what I mean? No one's going to attack him. You know, no one's going to do anything like that. He's just scared. You know what I mean? And if he was there, 
oh man, the chance would be relentless. And and I know I'm going to be screaming out, where is Roger? Like they did, you know, like they did at the uh, opening ceremony game. Like, like, what about that? He wasn't even at the opening ceremony, the kickoff of the season last year when, when the, you know, team hosts the Thursday night game. He wasn't even there for that. Like this guy is a joke. And if you're listening to this, Roger Goodell, he got two options. Either you fade into the sunset and, and you just, you know, get get out of, you know, working as the commissioner and, and you just, you know, fall back into distant memory or you show up to New England, prove that, you know, you love all 32 teams equally and, and that, you know, you've got some guts and that, you know, you're not just going to be scared because a fan base doesn't like you. I don't like them, but, you know... It's not to say that I don't ever want to see him in Gillette. I think the commissioner of the league should, you know, respect all teams and all of their accomplishments. And when they're in the conference finals, you know, he should make an effort to go to a to go to a game, regardless of where the stadium is and regardless of who's playing, because, you know, it's it's something that, um, you know, he he should do. It's his job. And if he doesn't, and and the Patriots go on to Super Bowl, I could. Wouldn't be surprised if he's got plans to have someone else hand out the Lombardi Trophy, especially if the Patriots win. He might not want to uh, to hand that trophy to the Patriots. Um, so, anyways, uh, like I said, uh, picks are the Patriots and the Falcons. Um, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, the runs over for you. Um, so that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for listening. This was Chowderhead Sports. Like I said, I'm going to the AFC Championship game. Gonna try to get a uh, you know broadcast out to you guys. And um, yeah, thank you. For, thank you very much for listening.